This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good Monday morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for March 29th, episode 2645, brought to you today by Kevin Equine. Good morning, horse people. I have good news and bad news for you on this Monday morning. First, the bad. It's Monday. But the good news is really good. Jamie and Glenn are here to guide you through another week filled with horse talk and a whole lot of fun. Welcome to Horses in the Morning. Hey, newsflash, Glenn. Horses are ridiculous. <laughs> I know I know that you don't probably know that, but like, so, so Zeus, my Mustang, decided to uh, put himself in the pasture with the mares. And so he is now living in the pasture with the mares and he is very happy and is not, oh, he's not trying to escape anymore. He's no, he's not trying he's to escape. He's where he no. always wanted to be. You've just been, As, de- you've been denying him of his true being. I have, I have, I guess. But now at feeding time, there's a metal gate like, and he bangs on it and he has dented the gate in several spots. But <laughs> so I have to grab him really quick when it's feeding time. But, uh, these two thoroughbreds that I have in training are in the next pasture. And it does not matter where they are in the entire pasture. They're in paddocks like next to each other. He charges the fence line and like tries to murder them across the electric <laughs> fence tape. I mean, it's, it, I have to get a video of it today because it is, it is crazy behavior. It is psychotic behavior. And what's weird is like when I take him away from the mares, he doesn't call for them. He, he rides normal. Like he's totally normal except for when he's in that little square area with his ladies and how dare there be another whole gelding on the other side of the fence. Boy, he, he, was he ever in the wild or was he born in captivity? His mama was captured pregnant. So he has no excuse. <laughs> no, it is a good thing. I mean, just it's, it's, it's just dead. genetics. That's what he's made for. Protect I mean, the ladies. He, it's a it's genetic DNA. Tell me that doesn't happen. All right. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt and get started. Happy Monday, everybody. Thank you for joining us here on Horses in the Morning. We have kind of a big show. Glenn, why don't you tell everybody what's on? Yeah, we have on? Olympic venter uh, Kim Severson is coming on as Acroderma Guest of the Week. Now, that's a big name out there. I don't know. We've ever talked to Kim, to be honest. And we also have a follow-up with our auditor, Alex. Remember, Alex was on last Monday, and she was going to ride her first races as a jockey. So we're going to get her on to find out how that went. And I intentionally... Now, do you know what happened? No, I intentionally okay. avoided all the news from her, so I don't know. Me too. Um, and we also have some question first world problems, a fact of the day. We're going to have a post show for the auditors. So we have a full Monday planned for you today. But we always start with some daily winnies. Well, my Daily Winnie is kind of a Daily Winnie and an update. Uh, I mentioned last week about one of our hosts here on the Horse Radio Network, Alicia Harlov, who does the Humble Hoof podcast. And uh, I mentioned that she was in the hospital with COVID. So get this, Jamie. She's 33 years old, perfectly healthy. 
no problems, no pre-existing conditions, nothing. Her husband gets sick, and her they both get sick about 12 days ago. She thinks that he brought it home from somewhere. They've been extra safe, masks. She doesn't get near people. She doesn't even go to the grocery store, nothing. And here they, he gets sick. She said, he's not in as good a shape as I am. He gets better in three days, and here she is in the hospital on her fifth day. Mm. Uh, she has an update. Apparently, she can't even walk to the bathroom by herself. She, her lungs are so bad that she doesn't can't get enough air or oxygen, so they have to help her even go to the bathroom. But she said the doctors keep telling her that she's improving um, and that she'll be fine someday. Um, but she's still there. She's not sure when they're going to let her out. She said they told her that you have to be able to walk to the bathroom and back by yourself to be able to go home. I said, well, that's probably a good that's a good thing, right? If you can't walk to the bathroom by yourself and back, you probably shouldn't be home. There so, are that reminds me of like pregnant women. There are certain things that pregnant women have to be able to do before they'll let you go home. Well, <laughs> and we don't we don't need to talk about it. We don't need to talk about it. But uh, so she's you know she's still hanging in there, but. Boy, she's having a tough time. So our thoughts oh, are with I'm her. so sorry. A bunch of her friends are putting together a fundraiser for her. I posted a link in the auditor room. I also put it over on Horses in the Morning. She's a farrier, and the ironic thing is her husband quit his good job last year to start his own business. Of course, that's not making a lot of money yet. So she was the breadwinner, and she's not going to be back to work for a long time. And she's starting oh. to realize that now, you know, that this is a long haul. This is not... You know, your lungs don't improve that quick. So she's, uh, they've started this fundraiser. I'll put the link out there if you or if you are so inclined, then you, you, you can donate. If not, then best wishes or your thoughts are appreciated as well. But we wish her the best and uh, get better, girl. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I, I, it feels weird after you talking about your daily Winnie, which is like so serious. Yeah, I'm and, sorry. I don't usually do serious ones, but it was important. Okay. Today. Well, here, let's move past that. Um, <laughs> shake it off. So remember I told you about the two horses that I had in training, two thoroughbreds that came from horse and hound rescue. Yeah. And they were your post arm injury or surgery training projects. Yes. They're adopted. Wow, they that didn't take long. <laughs> no, it's amazing how quick it happened. Like, so we just talked about this on Friday. I know. I told you. I told you these aren't going to be around long. They're both like super nice bay geldings. Um, I was getting them confused too. I still can't remember which one is which. Um, but let's see. The Oki Heater Horse is going to be going to Florida, but he's got a pre-purchase on Wednesday. And so he, it's pending the pre-purchase. And as of today, House, little uh, little 16-hand thoroughbred, he now belongs to a 12-year-old girl. Yay! <laughs> so, And he's going to stay here for some further training, and she's going to come Was for some lessons. Was he the super nice one that deserved a 12-year-old girl? Oh, he so deserves a 12-year-old girl. This horse and his racing career, which ended in January, has been to Kentucky. He was, I think, born in Arizona, Arizona, Kentucky, New York, Texas, Louisiana. This horse, and he only raced 20 times, but I think it was like 20 different states he's raced in. I think they kept trying to find one he would win in. Um, but this poor guy has been everywhere everywhere and here he is now belonging to a 12 year old girl in oklahoma doesn't that just make your heart happy <laughs> it does that's good and the other one too 
And the other one is pending a pre-purchase. And he's going to go be a fancy dressage horse down in Florida. So, <laughs> and I believe that the Florida adopter is a listener. Oh, wow. Um, so that's pretty cool. So, uh, you, you know, the P- you just never know what's going to be out there when you when you put something out there in the world and how many listeners now have adopted horses that I've been able to have the opportunity to work with. It's so cool. But, but I, I just, I don't think that there's something that makes me happier than having a nice quiet thoroughbred who gets what he deserves. He's worked hard his whole life and now he gets to go be a 12 year old girl's like best friend forever. So, so cool. So basically, you're only having horses in training for a day now before they. Shift <laughs> <out>. <laughs> you it's, have one day, Jamie. It, fix it's them. Pretty quick. <laughs> this, this this lady in Florida asked me. She was like, "Can you canter him?" And I was like, "Okay." Like, because he's very forward <laughs> and he's a really flashy horse. But like, I have I, I only ridden him twice. Once in he's the round. Just got here. <laughs> he just got here. We know he Once canters. He's a racehorse. <laughs> yeah, he does canter nicely in the round pin without a rider. Um, <laughs> She's like, can you just canter him around a little bit and let's see if it's smooth. I would like it to to take him. But if it's like really bouncy, that's I, I'm older. I'm a back, blah, 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 whatever. So I'm like, well, let's see what happens. So I've ridden him once in the round pin at a walk, maybe 10 steps to trot once in the arena at a walk. And now it's like, well, let's see what he does. I was like, well, this would be the truest t- tale of of what we're going to see when we start this process. So, um, I, I picked up the canner and it was smooth and he had a lovely transition and he didn't kill me. So this is good. <laughs> and it's always okay. on video. So if anything ever does happen, Isn't trust me, unusual though for a dressage rider to be looking at a thoroughbred. Do they do a lot of thoroughbreds? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I think she's looking at, first of all, she wanted to rescue, you know, mm. go through a rescue and give a, uh, give a, a horse a home, give a, an off the track thoroughbred a home. So yeah, it's awesome. And she, she likes him because he's kind of big boned and has a nice butt, you know, and all the things that dressage riders like. So, so I'm excited. She had flown out here to Oklahoma to horse and hound to look at thoroughbreds. Wow. And then flew home and then is going through her. She, they wanted him to come to me first and make sure he was going to be a good boy. Very cool. Well, are you ready? We're going to start. I thought, what a better way to start a Monday than with problems. Oh, God. It's time for the weekly look at your equestrian first world problems. This ought to be good. Yes, it's true. People have problems and they like to share them with us. On Sundays, I put a post in the auditor's Facebook page, which is, um, hey, what is your current equestrian first world problem? And the sad tales of woe that are shared by all of our listeners. Uh, Glenn, if people want to join in the auditor fun, how do they do it? You just go to horseradionetwork.com, scroll down the right-hand side of the page, you'll see an auditor banner. And for as little as $3 a month, you can help support the network and also be in- or enter into the auditor domain main there on Facebook, which is a, a very positive, supportive place. And now there seems to be about 85 subpages for auditors, too. I know. Everything from amazing. flowers to mental health. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it's, it's a fantastic place. And, and remember, your contributions are much needed because even though Glenn sounds like he's King Midas and made of money, yes, <laughs> trust not, me, not really. <laughs> All right, moving on. Let's see. Meta says this one. Um, my truck needs work and it runs like crap. 
But it's like still drivable to do things and get horse feed. And if I take it to the shop, then I can't drive it. <laughs> it's a problem. I'm dealing with some troubles with one of my my cars. Actually, we have a mechanic coming to the house this morning to like. We have a mobile mechanic. Yes, really? that's a thing now apparently. Really? And so the mobile mechanic came and worked on the truck uh, at my house, and now the mobile mechanic is coming to work on my sweet little tiny beetle that I love. Um. Amy says, every time I have a fever, I take my temperature and I'm like, oh my God, I'm like totally fine. And then I realize I'm not a horse and that is not a normal temperature. <laughs> yeah, 102 is not normal. <laughs> 99101, you're fine. <laughs> um, Kaylee says, I finally have time to ride just in time for a huge spring snowstorm to roll through tomorrow. Girl, is that, is I thought that at? was over. Where are you? Yeah, I need to find out. Um, Jennifer says, we just had our first foal born in my stable. And between baby watch and wanting to just play with him and cuddle with him, I don't want to go to like my pay the big bills job. And I haven't ridden any of my horses. Oh, my God. If husbands think that wives are gone at the barn a lot, wait till there's a foal in the barn. I think when Stan Lee was born, I didn't see my husband for six weeks. <laughs> I was just like, it's a baby. Um, actually, speaking of that, Glenn, so Chad looked out in the pasture yesterday. <laughs> this means he's actually trying to pay attention. He looks out and he goes, what horse is that? Who's that? I don't, I don't recognize that horse. What horse is that? I'm like, I'm like, do you think I bought a new horse, like snuck it in? I would never do that. That's Stan Lee. He's like, no way. That is not the baby. <laughs> All of a sudden, Stan Lee's starting to look baby like grew up. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, Did he say that about Lucas too? He said, who's that kid? Yeah, oh, we say that all the time. <laughs> all the time. Uh, Lucas is wearing my shirt to school today. Wow. I'm sorry. I told him he was grounded. He's too big. <laughs> Uh, Casey says, I finally have a truck of my own to pull a horse trailer. Yay. But after a year, my brother working on it for free in his spare time and only having me to pay for parts, the horse trailer sticker expired. And now it's not mine <laughs> to go by. <laughs> it took so long to get the dang truck running. <laughs> the sticker run out on the, the trailer. And if you are as good as my wife is about getting those things done, she's better now, but, but, you know, getting the registrations done, how many horse trailers are running around without current registrations? Must be half of them. I'm so glad I married somebody who does that stuff. Yes. Oh God. I told Abby, obviously I was like, Abby, I'm going to give you some life advice. And then Chad goes, what? Marry for money. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, don't marry for money. Marry for good credit. <laughs> and, res and responsibility. Marry somebody exactly. responsible. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If, I, if I teach you nothing at all, it is marry for good credit. And yeah, <laughs> all that follows because good credit people are responsible. Um, uh, yeah, this is the life advice I pass on to the youth of our nation. Well, I teach important. them how to gamble and I teach them how to marry. It's important. Uh, <laughs> Jane says, I finally found the most perfect riding pants ever. They're so comfortable and they're flattering and I'm obsessed with them. But currently they only come in black and the company won't come out with more colors for like a few more months. And like, how am I supposed to wear only black? <laughs> First of all, Jane, I would like to know what the name of those are. Thank you very much. And black is slimming. So you know what? Yeah. I, it, it does suck to wear black in the summer because 
some of us don't have covered arenas. Um, we're in the sun. Emily said, I started a business basically so I could own all the horses and all the horse things. Well, now my business is doing well, which means I have less time for my horses. It happens every time. Every time. God, when you have a big barn full of horses, it's you have no time for the horses. <laughs> it's true. It's true. April has a real problem. This is pretty sad. My dad and his girlfriend came to visit, which is great since it's been like a year since they came. But his girlfriend kept using my HRN mug and she was not being careful with it. <laughs> that would really suck, Glenn. That is a sin. <laughs> that is a problem. That needs to be on the shelf. Horse Radio Network coffee mug. You need to hide that sucker. That's a valuable <laughs> possession right there. You, you <laughs> donate every month for that mug. It's true. <laughs> Laura says, my husband set up our barn speaker on a shelf in the arena and now I can hear my speaker better. But now there's like an echo during my podcast, and it sucks. It isn't us this time. <laughs> we We've had enough sound problems. We're not your echo. Can't blame us. Uh, exactly. Jillian <laughs> says, my new horse is learning to load in the trailer, and he gets straight in. But I don't have a straight load. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm in. Okay, we're done here. Um, Do you have Robert a straight load or straight load? Uh, you know what? I have a four horse slant. Um, but what I did because I kept going to horse and hound and these horses don't know how to load in slants right. or they do. It's a challenge to get a rescue horse into a trailer like to every 10 with. days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then do two every 10 days. And it gets a little stressful. So I actually took two of the partitions out and I've made it into two little buck stalls. That's better anyway. Oh my God. But the slant loads. There's not, if you have a warm blood, I don't think, I don't know how they fit. I, yeah. I don't know how you'd fit them in there. <laughs> they're so tight. Yeah, we always yeah. have done straights because they're bigger. There's the stall themselves, the compartment's bigger. Yeah. yeah, I like my little two box stall things, but if I ever have to take four horses somewhere, we're in trouble because those six suckers, those partitions are never going back in there. <laughs> oh my god, they were ten million pounds. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Moving on. Carrie says, "My friend rode my horse in a lesson over the weekend." And he looked better than her with than I do. Unacceptable. <laughs> that happens every time. <laughs> you always think the other person's riding them better than you are. That's true. That's a actually. I rode my friend's uh, Andalusian, and she was like, "Um, do you think you're available for like?" He's a stallion. <laughs> She's like, "Do you think you're available to ride him during a photo shoot?" And I was like, "Why don't you do it?" She's like, "Yeah, no." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's a nice compliment, I guess." <clears throat> Let's see. Supermodel Love Jamie. It. Oh yeah. I, 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 you know what? You look taller on a horse. <laughs> Anybody is going to look good on a black Andalusian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have the right outfit. You're good. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, Robin says, now that I'm showing again, I don't know where to put all of the ribbons I'm winning. <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> um, in a box with everybody else's ribbons that's where you no know. you had to like poke up a wire and put them across uh, the deck then they get all you know. dirty and gross and, that's just the life of a ribbon actually doesn't her mom make yeah her mom makes blankets or something that's what you're right somebody makes yeah. blankets up here that are out of your ribbons uh colleen says spring here is beautiful outside but i can't ride because my due date is a little over a week away and i'm huge and everything hurts <laughs> Hey, Colleen, I'm going to talk just to you and me. 
I didn't know Colleen was pregnant. Well, congratulations, girl. <laughs> I didn't know. Uh, um, uh, spicy food. It's good. Take a long walk. At this point, Glenn, when, excuse me, when you are a week away. It's a spicy food just want, to encourage the kid to run. Get out of here. All you want is to get that baby <laughs> out of there. But I had a margarita pizza and some activities and then it was on. Here comes a baby. Do that. Make, get 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 your walk on. Get out there and move around. Um, TJ says, we just got a new mini at our barn and now our donkey is jealous and he's making me feel so guilty. <laughs> um, let's see. Final one. Oh, this sucks. It's actually a problem. I've spent more than $3,000 fixing my new-to-me truck. And last Wednesday, the check engine light came on, and then the oven decided to die, and then the dishwasher broke, and it's that time oh, Murphy is here. No, That's a real problem. Well, Let's the, go back things to happen the... in threes. Your three are done. Now it's only cost you $10,000, but... It's only money. You can't take it with you. God, don't I mean, you hate it on. though? We've all had that where we got our our car fixed and then the check engine light comes on the next week. Like, yes. Oh God. Yes. I, I'm pretty sure that the car's lying to me. So, <laughs> and then like you, I said, you bring it in expecting the worst, and sometimes it's like a $20 sensor. It's like the gas, the, the tighten the gas, gas cap. cap <laughs> yeah. You know, take it off and t- put it on a little tighter and yeah. then crank your car up like three times and it goes away. Um, I, I also realized too that, you know, it's just once the, the light comes on, I'm pretty sure that that is your car telling you to wean it off gas. I have been trying <laughs> to wean a car off gas, much like a full off milk for a long time. I haven't had success yet, but it's going to happen. Oh, and with the diesel prices right now, I filled it oh, up the other day. It was over $100. It's like, oh, crap. Here we go again. I know. I have a diesel car <laughs> and a diesel truck. I'm screwed. Uh, I, you know, it, was, it, was, it wasn't even over $3 here. I don't know what it is there. It was two ninety something, but it's still, it's up there. A fallen section of fence can certainly throw a wrench in your day. Aside from the headache and repair bill, it might also allow your horses out and other creatures in. A fence is not unlike the intestinal barrier in this way. It needs to be strong and functional to keep the good bugs in and the bad bugs out. But what happens when you have a down section of fence or loosen tight junctions in the gut lining? Holes or leaks in your horse's intestinal barrier, known as leaky gut syndrome, can result in a variety of health and welfare problems. Gut issues are the number one cause of premature death in horses, but there's something you can do about it. Good nutrition and attention to gut health can help promote immunity, performance, healthy weight, nutrition absorption, and a positive attitude. For optimal health, ensure your feed includes Clostat, Butapearl ZEQ, and Chemtrace Chromium from Kemen Equine. Learn more by going to Kemen.com slash leaky gut. That's Kemen.com slash leaky gut. Well, not every day do we get to have a guest of this magnitude on our show. We are happy to welcome Kim Steverson, Olympic medalist, USCA's Lady Rider of the Year, member of multiple FEI World Equestrian Game Teams, three-time winner of the, that's right, the Kentucky four-star event. Kim, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. I am such a fan. And I don't, I, I don't think that there's a moment that gives me goosebumps more than seeing you and Dan gallop around after Winsome Dante uh, gallop around after winning the, you know, Rolex back then is what it was called. I mean, I, 
I enjoyed that amount at that time too. He was really good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I talk, I, I know you talk about him a lot, but, but let's talk a little bit about Winsome Dante before we get to, to some of your other uh, things. Now, would you say that, that, that he's the, he's the horse? Yes, obviously he's the horse that, that launched my career, uh, or I'd say finished launching the career. Of course, all the horses prior to that sort of started it, right? You learn mm-hmm. from them. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, you know, he is a, he's an amazing horse and a horse that would still be competitive today. He was competitive in both long and short formats, which I think, uh, you know, there aren't a lot of horses that would be competitive at both, but I think any really top horse would probably be competitive at both. Um, but he was, he was a rare one that was actually competitive. Both. Yeah. That's, that's not, not a normal thing. Now, which do you think he excelled more at the long or the short format? I mean, I think both, he won both the long and the short at Kentucky. <laughs> um, and he, the first worlds I did was long. Um, other ones I did after that were short and he was, successful at both i you know he was he was truly successful at each wow so what you're doing a lot now is i mean you're still riding and still competing but you're doing a lot of clinics kind of all over the world right um not so much all over the world definitely more in the united states um but yeah i've been you know doing as much you know doing clinicking and things like that when you don't have quite as many horses as i did at one time you have more time to do clinics is that something you really enjoy? More often, yes. Um, you know, there's an occasional clinic where you know you don't like any competition. You don't quite get it right. And you're like, oh, I just wish I could do that over again. Um, but for the most part, you know, I think it, they're they're pretty successful and people come away happy and more educated for it. If you could teach one clinic for, what is the most important thing that you think you would be able to teach? If you could teach one clinic for the rest of your life, what would it be focused on? Oh my goodness. I hope I wouldn't have to. (laughs) I think, I think there's, you know, like, I don't think it would matter which one it was as long as it was one that I felt like I really connected with the people and. I felt, away, felt that they came away better and more educated and more solid in their riding um, and that they learned something from it. I think that's, that's more important than anything. And we all have certain, when we're teaching with certain people, we connect better through certain things. Like in the dressage, like, wow, I really helped that person understand this concept or jumping or cross country or, or whatever. So, you know, I think it's just, being able to be in the right moment where you connect with somebody and you have a really good outcome. Now you had some pretty important teachers growing up. What were some of the things that you really struggled with uh, kind of like getting the concept or learning it? I mean, you've been riding since before you could walk. So I'm sure that, you know, (laughs) there's, there's all sorts of stuff, but, but what were some of the the biggest challenges for you? I think one of my, favorite stories to tell is that you know I was in the warm-up at the Olympic Games getting ready to go into the dressage and um, of course we do shoulder in in the test and I literally in the warm-up finally figured out the concept of truly having a horse in your outside rain 
in the shoulder in itself. I always struggled with shoulder in more than any other movement. And literally I was like an epiphany, like that's what everybody's been talking about. Like that's what I've been missing. Um, so I, I just think that that's just one of the, it just goes to show you can learn something at any point in your riding career. Okay. That's the perfect time to really get something is <laughs> in the warm up before the Olympic games. Now here's a question. Do you remember what you scored on the shoulder end at the Olympics? You know, I don't remember what I scored on the <laughs> shoulder end. Um, I did actually get a couple of tens in the test. So obviously it was a day of, of having a good overall connection and understanding and good communication with my horse. But yeah, <laughs> with strength, I don't remember that. I mean, well, let's go with a 10. I mean, you figured it out. Let's just go. Let's <laughs> go with that. Well, I, what, one of the things um, that you kind of... G- g- that really helps you along being that Kim is our Equiderma guest of the week is some of the products that Equiderma that you use that you really like. So can you talk to us a little bit about that? My, um, well, I've been using Equiderma now for a little while and I, I dearly do appreciate their products. And one of the reasons, um, that I wanted to be sponsored by Equiderma is their skin lotion, which is just a very versatile lotion and you can use it for a lot of different things. You can, you know, rain rot or just skin um, discomfort and scratches and scruffs and things like that. Um, so that's definitely one of my favorite products. I'd like to use it um, on the body when the body, you know, gets dry patches or they get, you know, just a little patch of yucky skin or, that sort of thing. And it does, it's not so thick that you can't get it off, but it certainly stays on and does its job long enough. That's kind of nice. Um, and obviously they have a line of, of other great products as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what I love about the products too, is like, the, <clears throat> like the skin lotion, it's not bad for your skin either. So it's fantastic. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's I true. know. I, so, some of the, the, like the, the wound ointment I'll like rub in my cuticles after I'm done. Like it's yeah, for so sure. nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, what is coming up for you? Um, basically I've got a, a little string of young, younger horses. I just had, um, a horse called Cooley criminal mind. That's a half brother to, um, Cooley cross border. Um, he's a diamond roller. And so he actually just did his first intermediate. So he's, he's really stepping up and, being a really wonderful horse. And then I have a nice couple of young horses coming on too. So I wanted to ask you, you know, we, we got Land Rover coming up and you probably won't be there if that's the case, uh, riding anyway. Um, it's just going to be so weird. Will it be really weird for the riders not having 60,000 people watching uh, cross country day? I think, you know, I think it'll definitely change the aspect. And it's it's unfortunate for the riders who are, you know, going there for the first time because it truly is something amazing when you come out on Saturday morning. Just, you know, you everybody walks some portion of the course, usually Saturday morning, and you just recognize that there are just thousands of people out on the cross country. And it's it's sad that we won't have that, but I don't think it will change. Well, you guys are kind of used to the riding without spectators. Most of the events don't have 60,000 spectators, you know, on the course. Exactly. Right. 
and that's the truth about Land Rover is that the the real the real challenge to it a lot of times is the fact that there are so many spectators and you can't really see your jumps mm. from such a far distance. So I, as I was saying, I think for the first time riders, they won't unfortunately be able to get that that whole feeling. <laughs> <laughs> um, nonetheless, though, they've earned their way to get there and and good on them for that. Is it? That's a good question, actually. We've had all the jumpers down here in Florida. I live in Ocala, you know, doing over at the World Equestrian Center with these beautiful stadiums that are Mm. absolutely empty, right? Um, Right. You know, with with very few spectators at all. Is it, do you find it easier without the spectators or with the spectators? Do they give you a push? I think that when you are going around a track like Kentucky and you're out there for 11 minutes, which is kind of a long time, you know, and you're, you're getting sort of something really difficult you just did. And there's a big cheer because you were successful in doing it. I think that certainly gives you a push. And also when you're on the way home and you've got a couple combinations left and, and again, you do one successfully, you know, you definitely feel from the crowd that they really do want you to get home and be successful. And I think that gives you, you know, a big, big adrenaline rush as you're going for sure at a point when you really need it <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah, i mean you guys are all used to having nobody watching dressage so that's not really a problem glenn some people like watching <laughs> dressage okay it's just not you and then but then what's really going to be weird is stadium on sunday right that because that's always packed and you know you that's that's all you can you can feel the energy in the stadium that day that's going to be strange definitely and you know like i said i think you know i think for the riders who've been there and done that it might be odd but you know it certainly won't be disconcerting in any way it probably might be a little refreshing actually but you know for the riders who haven't gotten to do this before it's 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 you know it's too bad that as their first one, they're not going to be able to go in front of that huge, huge crowd because they've they've earned the right to do that. And at some point they will, but, you know, so it could be a little bit disheartening for them. Um, for those of us who are familiar with it and know what it's, it's like in those moments. What do you think about, uh, we, we talked about it last week, they made some announcements that we're going ahead with Fairhill in the fall with their big new event. Are you excited about that one? Yeah, I think that's, terrific you know they've done such a good job redoing that um that whole side of the road and i actually haven't been able to see it i'm supposed to go there in a couple of weeks um so maybe i'll get to see it for the first time um but no doubt with um they're doing the course it's you know it's going to be a it's going to be a really truly beautiful venue and and i'm i look forward to seeing it god i hope they put new stalls in the stalls there always sucked i hope they put new stalls in there is a lot of dirt uh, involved. <laughs> they seem to be quite dusty, but they are safe and they are, you know, uh, actually for people driving in and stabling there, it is a very user-friendly event. The bathrooms are usually heated, which is especially nice when it's freezing cold. And, you know, there's a lot of room between the stalls. So, And for some reason, Kim, you've had this too. Every time we ever went there, it rained. I don't know why, but you'd always get torrential rains, it seemed like, every time you ever (laughs) went there. (laughs) Definitely quite a bit of rain. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely for the the big fair hill where those tents were and and whatnot, I think, um, you know, recently there's a a whole new brand of um, 
portable stabling that's going up from, I think Clayton Fredericks is bringing them over. So I think that is a huge improvement uh, from the horse horse's perspective and the groom's perspective, no doubt. Good. Well, good. We're excited about that. I mean, anytime you add that level of an event in the country and, you know, Fairhill, they certainly have plenty of land. I mean, they have a lot of land to make it work. And in the old days, you you remember when we used to go to Fairhill, they used to have a dog show and they had vendors of all kinds there. And it used to be more of a party that locals would come out to. And I think they're trying to recreate that atmosphere a little bit, too, to get the locals out. Yeah, I'm certain they will. I have no reason to believe that they wouldn't do that. And if, you know, dog dog um, agility contests are able to go on, I'm sure they will have that again and vendors. And, you know, I'm sure that when we're allowed, they will definitely reproduce it as, as identically to the to the other side of the road, the original side of the road. Yeah, do you remember you the will. day when they used to do the carriage at the same time? I do. I do. I remember. <laughs> riding around with uh, carriages going close that could be exciting sometimes yes <laughs> it was always more exciting <laughs> for the riders than the carriage drivers their horses didn't care but the riders sometimes Without, you know these foreign hands flying happen. along <laughs> it's like Totally. Totally. <laughs> well, Kim, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Equiderma.com is where you can find all of Equiderma's products, and we thank Equiderma for setting this up. Good luck here in the fall and summer, and we'll hope to get talk to you again soon. Terrific. Thank you. Thanks, Kim. And now it's time for today's equestrian Who Knew? Fact of the Day. That's right. I'm going to be talking about breeches today. Breeches and jodhpurs. Do you know when they were invented, Jamie? Um, 1974. Nope. A little earlier than that. Uh, (laughs) Jodhpurs actually were invented first, and they were developed in India by polo players. What is the difference between jodhpurs and breeches? Are they the ones with the poofy... Yeah... And guys, yes, actually, and and they still make jodhpurs for kids too, and they're meant to have that little strappy thing um, on them that the kids wear. But uh, what's that called? The garter. Um, oh, but garter yeah, thing. little garter thing. But they got their name from the capital city in the former Indian state of Marwar in western India. Jodhpur City was founded in 1495, but ceased to exist in 1947 when it merged with the the newly independent state of India, when India became India. Marwar went away. But it was in the late 1800s that the region of Jodhpur, the guy who was like the king of Jodhpur, uh, was an avid equestrian and polo player. Now, this is back in the 1800s. He became unhappy with his riding pants, and he decided to alter them so that he could get a better ride. So he wanted more movement, and that's why he increased the bagginess of the pant along the hip and thigh, but retained the tightness in the lower leg. And, you know, we call them the kind of Nazi pants now, right? That big puffy top, and the lower leg was tight. Uh, Then he added reinforced fabric along the knee down to the inner calf to prevent his legs from rubbing. So first knee patches. Um, So he did that back in the 1800s. Well, he he started riding those and he started using them in the polo matches. Well, all the other polo players said, hey, that seems pretty cool. Make me some. So he started making them some, and they were made out of thick cotton twill cloth in those days. So uh, pretty heavy at that point. 
Um, so he kind of kept making them and kept redesigning them. And then in 1897, Queen Victoria had her one of her Diamond Jubilee celebrations, and he and his team went from India to England and did some polo matches, and they won most of the polo matches, and apparently they were quite the hit because of their fashion because nobody in England had seen these before. So the British quickly quickly copied it, stole the idea, and immediately started making them. Uh, and then the term breeches uh, was developed in the 1500s, and it referenced underwear worn by men and women. So they, breeches were a whole different thing in England then. The English term then began to replace the word hose. I am sure that the British were more than happy to pay the India for <laughs> pay India for using and developing its pants. No, apparently they stole them, is what I read. Um, the, the article <laughs> no. says they stole the idea. <laughs> no, they would have been happy to pay. So breeches eventually evolved from underwear into the outer garment and the knee-length pantaloons or trousers and then developed from there and became what were known as riding breeches. Uh, But Jodhpurs were first. So there you go. I did not know that there was actually a Jodhpur city. I did not know that. I didn't know they were developed in India. So learned a lot I'm today. I'm glad you show. find this segment interesting. I do. I find this segment interesting because <laughs> I like history. And now you know when you're sitting around the table with nothing else to talk about with the in-laws, you can talk about where jodhpurs were invented. You know, that we we already talked about it yesterday, so I'm gonna need some <laughs> So you're not gonna talk about that's it. You're no, done. I mean we've topic. already we've already covered that. So <laughs> the history of jodhpurs and uh breaches. Let's be honest. When we're sitting around with our in-laws sometimes, we wish we could talk about the history of Jodhpurs. Um, Let's be (sighs) honest. (laughs) It would be more exciting. (laughs) My in-laws came over yesterday. Yeah, and you were talking about Jodhpurs, apparently. It was it was so much. No, no, it wasn't that interesting. Well, there's uh, my experience um, with my parents and uh, in-laws is that after a certain age, it's all medical talk. That's all. Oh my God, that's it. <laughs> that's, that's all. That's exciting. Well, that's all you got. I, I, you know, after last year, I can appreciate that a little bit. It's pretty much all you think about and do is go to the doctor when you get older. So. Oh my gosh, the talk <laughs> of the uh, cataracts and things like that. I got to be careful. I don't know if they listen or not. I doubt it. But like seriously. Well, whew, it's not man. just that. I mean, it's just, it's the way it is. And I'm telling Oh, no, my mother is the worst of that. (laughs) And it has been for a long time. But, like, I guess, I don't know. Uh, uh, Let me. But Remind in their defense, myself. I'm going to step on their side, being a, a little older now and having going through all this crap. Um, uh, it, it is kind of what you think about now. And so imagine not having a job. You don't have that to think about. You have nothing else to think about. Dude, my granddad had it nailed. Let me tell you, okay. you would see my granddad and you'd go, hey, granddaddy, how you doing? And he would go, eh, still able to take nourishment. And that was it. <laughs> was he very so, Southern, too? Oh, he was awesome. <laughs> no, he's from Florida, so oh, okay. not crazy Southern. We had lived up and down the East Coast. But yeah, that would that is what he would say. And that was it. And that was all you got. And I appreciated that. I mean, he's not, not a talker, him. huh? <laughs> Still able to take nourishment. That's it. And then, that was the nourishment in the form of liquid or food. No, he just eat. Oh, okay. I mean, that's just right. that was his standard answer. Because one of my grandparents, also... it was a liquid nourishment up until the end. So, oh yeah. Well, yeah. he. This is the same granddad who would like you know, pass, pass break wind. 
I guess. <laughs> when he'd, he'd look around the room and go, damn bullfrogs. <laughs> he was old school. Old school. Damn bullfrogs. <laughs> hey, we had a big race over the weekend. Uh, the Dubai World Cup happened to the $12 million race. Happened over the weekend. And I, I've been. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was. We're, we're 25 years into that race. I don't think it was always $12 million, but I, I didn't realize that either. Um, and Sheikh Mohammed won the race for the ninth time with Mystic Guide. Now, so, Mystic Guide is a Kentucky-bred son of Ghost Zapper and is a homebred for Godolphin Racing. Uh, but it's his ninth time to win his own race. So does he have to write a check to himself is my question. I don't, I don't know. It's funny because I checked the blood horse all the time and there was nothing about the Dubai world cup. So yeah, that happened. Uh, I'm pretty sure it did. Am I lying about that? I don't know. Are you (laughs) now I have to go Google Dubai world. I mean, it was all over the news. So I assumed it happened this weekend. Oh, that was this weekend. Yep, yeah, there so you go. There you it go. was. Yeah, so uh, that happened. Um, and uh, Mystic Guide was trained in America by Mike Stidham and ridden by U.S. jockey Louis Saz. Is it Saz? S-A-E-Z? How do you say that one? Louis Saez. Now, Saez. listen, okay. I would like to point out that to all of our listeners, when Glenn mispronounces your name, don't worry, he mispronounces everybody. I do name. it on like, purpose. Uh, so, Louis Saez. So I love being corrected by Jamie, which is why uh-huh. I do it. Uh, yeah. Mr. Guide became the 12th U.S. trainee to win the race. And, uh, you know, and uh, I guess he got some of Shake got some of his money back. Louis Sayes. Louis Sayes. All right, let's go to our next guest uh, now that we're totally off track. We're going to, I brought up that racing topic because we're going to talk about racing next with one of our terrific auditors. If you Wait, hold on, hold on. Yeah. L- repeat after me. Yes. Alex. Alex. Sherman. Sherman. I see that one. I know how to say. I like people with normal names. Alex. Uh, you realize if you had had a complicated Arman. name, I would have never hired you, right? Alexi Arman. <laughs> Please come to the phone. Well, Alex was on our show last week, and uh, she was. Alex. I know. Uh, she <laughs> no, was talking. I, she was talking name. about uh, riding in her first ride as a jockey at Turfway Park there in Kentucky, and she was going to ride once on Thursday and twice on Friday. And I did not look. I've totally avoided her news to see how she did, and she promised to come back to and tell us how she did. Alex, first question. Are you alive? Are you calling us from the hospital? Is all good? I am all good. I'm all in one piece. Nothing's missing. It's good. Yay! Good news first to start. (laughs) Now, you rode once on Thursday and a couple times on Friday was what the schedule was. Tell us about Thursday. Hold on. Let me me go over the horses' names that she was riding because I wrote them down. Snoring Barth, Big Lemon, and the Dice Man. So, you did you number one? Did you ride all three in the races? Yes, I rode all three, and I okay. all three finished. Yeah, all three finished. Okay, now let's Which go. Which means let's, she uh, rode the right direction, the correct. She went the right yeah. way. <laughs> this is fantastic. She went Got left <laughs> in the gate. Broke out of the gate. Now let's let's go over Snoring Barth. Talk to us about Snoring Barth. Walk us through the race. So, He's, um, I called him my noble donkey because he's a, he's a little special. He's not the prettiest thing in the world. Um, we call him Lurch for his barn name. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Very fitting. Um, but uh, no, he's he's actually um, like a mile horse or longer. Um, but for this, in this case, he went short just so that we could get him in a race. So he really did me a favor by just running for me. Um, but he uh, he was good. He breaks slow. So, you know, he, he got me out of the gate. We went straight. And um, uh, it, and actually, when we got to about the quarter pole, so hitting the top of the stretch, um, you know, I was kind of figuring we were going to start dropping back from, from the sprinting horses. And he actually gave me a little run. I kind of tapped him on the shoulder a little bit, and, and he made an effort. And he actually started to kind of catch up to some of the horses in front of him. So he, he actually ran really well for me. We were, we were very happy with how he um, came out of that race. All right, that's all good. He was a good boy. That's all good, but I want to know this. What was your stomach like when you were in that gate? You know, surprisingly, I was the whole day I was actually pretty calm. Um, it, you know, it was kind of a busy morning because I still had my normal horses that I galloped that morning. And, um, you know, the farrier came and, and put new shoes on, on uh, Lurch for us. So I was pretty busy up until I had to walk over to the jocks room and, um, then the nerves kind of were starting to creep in. But, I, you know, I have to say um, to give props to, like, the valets. So, um, you know, if you're watching on TV, the guys that help saddle the horse before the race, um, they they really, they, they pretty much do everything for the jockeys back there. I mean, they, they get your silks, they get your helmet covers. So it was really nice to kind of walk in there and, and have people that were kind of took the reins for me. So I didn't really have to kind of run around with my head cut off thinking, what do I do? Where do I get this? Where do I get that? Um, How are the so other jockeys for, to you? Are they picking on you? Are they supportive? How are they? Oh, very supportive. Yeah. Um, it was uh, like, it was nice Thursday because two of the girl jockeys um, were riding that night too. And I knew the one girl a little bit from um, some of the other tracks. So, you know, they were kind of like, okay, this is what you wear. And this is what you, you know, different things like that. And then what was actually really nice was when I was in the starting gate, I was in the one hole and the rider that was in the two hole, he actually had been helping me over the winter in general. Um, and he was really nice. We were standing in the gate and, and he, you know, pulled in next to me and he looked over and he's like, he's like, you know, if, if you need anything or, you know, you need help or something, he's like, just yell, you know? And, and so he was, you know, he was very smart. Of course, his horse like way out broke me. So even if I would have yelled, nobody was near me to hear me, but <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, it was nice. And, and, uh, Kim, the, the pony that took me, um, I've known her for a long time. She outrides at Belterra. And she was great because, you know, she, we, you know, she grabbed me and then she's like, I'm just going to keep you talking just to keep you breathing. So <laughs> she was really great at, you know, just kind of distracting me from the moment. And we chit chatted and, and the gate guys, you know, everybody really was really supportive. And, and it was nice. Like even that morning, a lot of people, you know, wishing me luck. And, and it was it's kind of like a big family on the backside. And, um, you know, like I said, everybody was super supportive about it. It's one of those things, though, that like I I, and I can attest to it as like eventers. Like, you know, you're in a sport where you are all taking your life into your own hands or your horse's hands, basically. And it's one of those things that like you're all in it together in the end. You're all you all the same goal. And number one is to stay alive. And number two would be to win and be successful. So. I admire that yeah. so much. And, and you're right. It is a community feel. So, uh, let, moving on you and snoring Barth, where did you finish? We ran last, 
but it was it was a competitive last. I think we were probably maybe a, a length from the horse in front of us. Um, like I said, you know, this horse is used to going a mile or more, and he was going three quarters that night. So he he was tired when he got back to the barn. He definitely was, but he he tried for me, and that's all I can ask. Bless it. I've never heard anybody call a competitive last place. Well, it was a competitive last. <laughs> I love that. I'm stealing that. That is fantastic. When you win, isn't it called breaking your maiden? Do they have something when you come in for the first time last? No. no. I mean, I mean, I think I went off at like like 57 to 1 or something. So everybody was kind of on the same page with where I would get <laughs> You had two people that were betting for you. <laughs> your mom exactly. and your brother. It was my parents. Yes, it was my parents. <laughs> like, y'all aren't going to believe this. Somebody actually bet on snoring bars. <laughs> now, let's talk, talk, talk to us about Big Lemon. So um, that was Friday. So that was my first race Friday. So a little more comfortable, you know, kind of walking into the jock's room. I knew a bit more what to expect. And um, again, he's another route horse. So he's used to going a mile and we put him in short. And he hasn't really shown that he likes the, the synthetic track that is at Turfway. He's more of a dirt horse. So again, kind of doing me a little bit of a favor. Um, he also was um, in a higher class of horses. So we were in a starter allowance rather than just a straight claiming race. So he had a bit more competition. Um, he, he he was actually, um, he was a very good boy because uh, we were all loaded in the starting gate and the nine horse um, actually did not want to load at all. So we were in there for quite a while with a lot of ruckus going around and, and he stood there perfect. You know, he I couldn't have asked for anything better. So it was nice to get a little experience with, you know, rowdy horses in the gate and then, you know, kind of keeping your calm and, and keeping your cool and stuff. And, um, I have a question about that oh, actually, sure. yeah. uh, when you are in the gate and one horse is in the back freaking out, uh, you know, and they're going to load them. Do you try to, is it, is it keep your horse calm or keep your horse awake? Are you, or is there a balance in between like, Hey, shake, 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 you know, you shake them a little bit, make sure they're paying attention and not falling asleep. Or is there no chance of them falling asleep? So I'm, if you're like, if you're, these are big fields. So like, if you're the first horse to load, it can take a little bit. Um, honestly, I, I kind of, we kind of rely on the assistant starters. So the, the guy that's loading you in the gate and standing there holding your horse, you know, your job as the rider kind of, you just sit up there, stay quiet and calm and, you know, just, uh, it's more, you know, you don't want to do anything that's going to make your horse antsy or start jumping around or anything like that. So, the, the starters are really good at, you know, making sure the horse is standing up, not leaning on one side and have their head straight. So I, my kind of philosophy, like going into the gate is really relying on your starter. You know, same thing if like your horse does start to freak out, um, you know, there's guys behind you. They, you know, they, they know when they need to pull you out of that starting gate and get you to safety. Like your number one priority when you're in the gate is you and then the horse is second, but trying to get you out of the way so you're out of danger. So you really... It's a it's a trust thing that you got to figure out too. That you're trusting these guys with knowing when you know is the time to get out, or that they have your horse, or you know things like that. Gotcha. Okay, so Big Lemon breaks out. Yeah, so he broke. He's a bit more competitive. We we're in between horses, um, and then kind of going into the the three eighth hole, so the the first the first turn um, into the turn. Um, he, he was still, he was a bit in there, and then the other horses kind of started pulling away from us a little bit. 
Um, you know, I, I kind of started to, to try to ride him a little bit up the stretch, but he, he kind of spit the bit on me a little bit. Like I said, he doesn't like the, the synthetic surface for whatever reason. And, but I do have to say that race, actually, I think they went in 109 for the three quarters. So it was a very fast time. And he's just, he's just not that quality of horse over the synthetic track, but he made a good run of it. And, um, you know, we were all, again, all happy with him. I think he had one of his fastest times for his starts at Turfway was that night. So that was good. Again, we were, we were a competitive last, I'll call it. (laughs) (laughs) Now I just had to Google what spit the bit means. And Glenn, do you know what spit? No idea. (laughs) Okay. I'd never heard that. That's really cool. To give up due to exhaustion is what the uh, Urban Dictionary says. Yeah, that or just kind of just interest. You know, sometimes like if like some horses don't like dirt in their face. So if they get behind horses and they start getting that dirt in their face, that kind of. That, oh, they're just like, like, I'm yeah. over this. I am out of here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah like, eh, this, this isn't my thing today. Y'all go ahead and have fun. <laughs> I love it. See, we learned something new today. Okay. Finally, then we had Dice Man. And this was kind of the one that was going to be the most competitive for you, I think. Um, he had a good shot. So this one, um, this is the horse that I had last winter that I got his gate card. So he was my little, um, project pony, we'll call him. And we actually call him Bart, like Bart Simpson is his bar name. Um, and he, he's a really nice horse. He tries really hard. He's just not super gifted, unfortunately. (laughs) And, um, anyway, so he was the last race on Friday night. Um, he was going a six and a half furlongs, so just slightly over three quarters of a mile and which was a bit more of his distance. Um, not quite turfway quality as far as his speed is, but, um, he, uh, he's very fast at braking. So, you know, we get in the gate and he breaks and we're, you know, we're kind of right up in there. Um, but unfortunately we were out of the eight holes. So there, I think there were 12 horses in that field as well. And, you know, we're competitive right up in there. And then we get to about the 516th, which is right in the middle of the turn. And I kind of look around me, and there's a wall of horses in front of me. There's a horse to my outside, and there's one kind of sitting on my inside hip. And I'm like, I have nowhere to go. So um, I was hoping, you know, we kind of just rode it out. There was a lot of kickback in our face. And um, once we got to the stretch, I was hoping it might kind of spread out a little bit, which it tends to do. Um, but unfortunately, once we got to about the, the, uh, quarter pole, he, he was trying, but he just didn't have a whole lot more speed left in him. So he was, again, we were competitive last, um, but he actually was that he got his highest speed figure, um, that he'd ever had his whole career was that night. So, um, we're, we're very happy with him. So he's, He's actually going to go with uh, one of my friends uh, who is the trainer um, on paper that night to Mountaineer Racetrack, which is a little less competitive. The, the, the field should be a little easier for him. Um, so he's going to go there for the summer and see if he can break his maiden. And if not, then if anybody's looking for a really nice project horse. <laughs> <laughs> I know somebody that trains thir- retrains thoroughbreds if you're interested. Yeah, um, I, I think they're you around here <laughs> yeah yeah i know one yeah so, yeah dice man okay i'm looking at dice man you said he got his highest speed figures so i'm on echo base right now because i wanted he's only had two starts like or, i'm sorry two starts this year eight starts yeah. total he hasn't done all of that much um no. and, oh glenn you'll love this guess who his daddy is i don't know 
Verrazano. Oh, really? The bridge. I, the bridge. I knew you remember that horse. <laughs> hey, hey, Alex, I have a question. When you're riding in those races right. and dirt's being kicked up in your face, how hard is it to yeah. keep riding and flip those goggles back, 25 of them, during the race? Well, see, the nice thing about the poly, the Tapita Polytrack down there is it comes back and hits you, but it's almost like snow. Like, it doesn't stick. Oh, okay. So, now... I had yeah, so I had two pairs on, but I didn't. I never needed even when we were getting all that stuff in our face. I never needed to pull one down. So I haven't mastered that skill yet. That's going to be for the summer <laughs> <laughs> when I'm on dirt. You see him with like ten pairs, and it's like, how do they do that? Yeah. <laughs> like... You 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 pull forward and down, pull forward and down. <laughs> 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 but another thing, yeah, and that was the the thing was. Um, you know, in the race, you know, you, you break out and you get a good position on the backside and you kind of just sit there and chill. And then when you hit the, the stretch is when you're like, okay, do I, you know, do I use my stick? Do I use it left-handed? Do I use it right-handed? Do I not use it? Do I drive? And, you know, it, it's kind of a puzzle, but literally you only have like, I don't know, 20 seconds, you know, two furlongs to, to figure it out before it's the wire and the race is over. So it's, <laughs> It's it's a lot. <laughs> oh my god, this is like the most exciting interview that I have been a part of in a long time. I'm like riding it with you. My armpits are sweaty. My palms are wet. I mean, this is awesome, uh, Alex. I, so I know what we are going to have you over on Retired Racehorse Radio to talk about this all. We'll we'll basically pretend we've never talked when we do that interview because this is so exciting. Are you going to keep doing it? That's the the, the final question. Are, are you going to keep? Being a jet, you gonna Do keep you being have a bug? more rides? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, so Turfway's last day was Saturday. So, we're going to be moving down to Belterra in a couple weeks. Um, their meet starts the last weekend in April. But um, it was it was funny after uh, the last race, um, you know, my parents were there and, and we were kind of standing around talking a bit. And all of a sudden, um, the assistant clerk of scales comes out and yells, Alex Sherman, the stewards need to talk to you, which oh, no. normally, if I that's not a good thing. Um, that means you did something bad. Um, but uh, who'd so, you cut oh, off? No. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So um, you know, I run into the office and pick up the phone, and and uh, Barb, who is the the head steward in Kentucky, and um, she was just like, "Well, we'd like to tell you, you are approved. Um, you rode your three races, and we are approving you for your license." So. Yay! Um, Yep. So I went in the next morning and got, you know, got my official little card and signed all the paperwork. And so I'm, I'm set to ride at Belterra. Um, and where's Belterra, by the way, I don't have Cincinnati. It is. Oh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's the old river down. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Not too far away from where you're Where will you be in August, by the way? What track will you be at in August? Belterra. Belterra runs till the middle of uh october well we might just be stopping by on our road trip because we're going to be going right by you so absolutely i yeah. mean like yeah like bring you on to the backside you can see all the horses and you know whatever you'd like oh yeah that'd be cool we're gonna have to plan that that'd be fun oh my gosh absolutely. this is exciting i'm so excited for I, you congratulations i do have to say which i'm sure oh, some you know some people yeah you know, that especially i i think cross-country riders will will um probably like is you know i wasn't nervous until actually the first race after he crossed the wire and my legs felt like jello and all I could think of was don't fall off now <laughs> was my, my biggest thing it's like that you know it's, you pull up on cross country and you're like oh my god I'm done but don't fall off now that would be bad yeah yeah never yeah. live that down 
(laughs) (laughs) Ronnie, don't fall off. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Alex, this has been so so fun to talk to you. Thank you so much for coming on and kind of just like, like flaying it open, laying it all out there. That was awesome. Appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate it. I'm glad you're in one Thanks. piece, and I'm glad you 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 feel really good today about it all. And, and now you got I'm going to bet on you. So yeah. You better get it together. <laughs> I don't know about that, but. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, awesome. Alex. Thanks, girl. Thank you. Bye. Wow, that's so cool. Our listeners oh do the most gosh. cool things. <laughs> that is just so exciting. Yeah. That's just awesome. I can just imagine. I mean, I, I'd, I'd be a wreck. <laughs> I'd be a wreck. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Auditors, hang on. We're going to have a post show. Uh, If you want to become an auditor and listen to the post show, you can go to horseradionetwork.com. Scroll down the right-hand side of the page, and uh, auditors help support the network and help support Jamie as well directly. She gets part of that, so she gets a raise every month. If you guys keep uh, keep, uh, adding auditors, we appreciate that. And, of course, you can find all the past episodes of our show, all 2,600 of them, at horsesinthemorning.com. You can find Jamie at her Facebook page. That is Flyover Farm. Uh, Jamie Jennings, certified Monty Roberts instructor. I had to think about it. And she normally puts up videos of her trainees, uh, but they're getting adopted too quick now. She doesn't have time. So <laughs> I did a couple of them, and yeah, they they went so quickly. So um, we we will get. And now I'm, they won't both want to leave him for training. So you might oh good you might yay see some more about him yay that's terrific. And I have a rant in the auditor uh, okay, post show, so I got to talk about that. But in Can't the meantime. Wait. Hey, neuter and geld. Have a good one. So auditors alike, when we talk inside baseball after, I am sorry I left you. I, I, my stomach was bad today, which happens about every four days now since I lost all my innards. And uh, I couldn't hang around during the beginning of the Kim interview. And I had a question I wanted to do. And then apparently you ran out of things and then you had to ask a question. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, I had a really <laughs> hard time with her sound. Um, uh, when she would, t- when I was talking, if she would talk, I, it was just muffled and muted. And yeah, I couldn't she didn't have hear. a great phone. Uh, so I yeah. apologize for that. Uh, and then when I came back in, I didn't know what you had already talked about. So that was... That's why I thought I'd talk about Fair Hill because I knew you'd never been there. So you wouldn't have talked yeah. about that. So <laughs> we're good. We're good. We're good. All right. So uh, Maryland Horse Foundation launched a $1 million capital campaign to build a horse library and education center in Baltimore County. They've been working on this since 2012. They have identified a place, and they're trying to—a 3,500 square foot of space in a historic building. Uh, They're trying to purchase furnishings and integrate current audio and visual technologies and whatever. Um, Could you do (laughs) something—do we really need to build a library and education center for horses? Isn't that done online now? Do people actually go and sit there and do that? Or do you do it online? Could they take half the money, build this kick-ass website that covers everything they wanted to talk about in the first place, and take the other half of the money and put it toward rescues in Maryland? What would the librarians do? They need a job. (laughs) There's one old lady that sits there for the three people that come in every week. I don't know. I'm just fine. I just... 
Are we yeah, building something that's antiquated is my question. You're getting a little close to, to socialism, which is like, <laughs> give your money to them because they need it more, yeah, you know? Yeah, but I just think, you know, this is also, this also deals with the modern world. Wow, I did not. I think when you said you had a rant, I did not think it'd be about a library. <laughs> now, it could be. I haven't been in a library in 40 years, so maybe I think they're not needed anymore. I don't know. No, see, but people with kids take their kids to libraries. But are there actually books there now, or is it all just computers lined up? There's books. Oh, there's still there's books? There's still books. Yeah, you still yeah, check them out li- and everything? Do they still give you a little card in the back of the book? Let me tell you something. When Yeah, yeah, they still do that. But Do they really? <laughs> It's I thought they'd all be like, barcoded by now. It's it's barcoded, yeah. Okay. But there's still like you could still see the little section where the card used to be. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing: when you go to the library and you are looking for a specific book, like I was like, I would like to find travel books, like when we were going to Italy. Like I want to learn Italian, so give me some books about learning Italian or traveling to see, Philadelphia. I would have never thought to go to the library for that. I would have looked online. You would have paid for it. That's yes, I would have because I would have never thought about the library. Because yeah, I've never had kids, freedom. maybe that's why. Yeah, so I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to the Dewey Decimal System card catalog. I go up to the front. And I'm like, hey, where's your books on uh, the history of Hartford, Connecticut? Because I'm heading there this weekend. Yeah, whatever. So, uh, yeah, go to the library. It saves you a bunch of money. I guess I'm glad that somebody still goes, but I, I don't even know where it is in Ocala. I don't, I wouldn't know where to go. I have no idea. I've never passed it. Never seen it. I just, I, maybe it's just I don't have kids. I'm out of the loop on that one. Uh, yeah, well, I'm I mean, still thinking that they don't need to spend a million dollars on a library nobody's going to go to. That's my thought. <laughs> I'm still on Careful that. Careful about socialism. <laughs> you give your money to somebody else who deserves it more. I just don't think this is a good... Now, by the way, send your hate mail to Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. That hasn't changed, even in the post-show. So <laughs> that's still the same. Do you have a rant today? It's Monday rant day. Do you have a rant? Anything you want to um, rant about? No. Man, I'm doing this, uh, what's it called? Intermittent fasting. Why? Which is you, you're you're you, this tiny little thing. I'm a monster now, Glenn. Oh, you are not. And COVID, I've I seen pictures of You are not. You probably gained I, one pound. I have gained 10 pounds since COVID and my surgery. And when you're well, the five, surgery will do it to two? you. Well, mine did the opposite, but you're, <laughs> I get it. Well, yeah, but I couldn't move around. Like yeah. I couldn't do Well, they it. also didn't so, operate on your stomach. So you were, <laughs> you had the wrong yeah, thing. So you'd would. have lost weight if you had done the stomach. Yeah, I know. I wish they would operate on my stomach now. <laughs> <laughs> Tighten that up for me. But anyway, yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm intermittent fasting. And uh, the problem is that, you know, you like eat I bird seed anyway. So you're just taking a break from eating birdseed that has no calories? I am taking a break from eating late, like late at night. And apparently, you know, if you get 16 hours, your body kicks into overdrive. And all the, I'm, I'm, I'm learning about it. Chad knows more about it than me, but I decided to do it Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Because during the show, I'm really busy and I never eat before the show. And then I just go right to the barn afterwards and I cannot eat on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, anytime. But there's a certain time that you have to stop eating the night before <laughs> to actual, like, so at 9.30 last night, I'm like, hey, babe, want a cocktail? And he's like, sure. So we have a cocktail, sit down. I was like, oh, crap. If we, like, right now quit having... Oh, cocktails aren't allowed either? Nope. So you have to, I mean... There's no calories in that. Right? 
<laughs> but apparently there is. Oh. Uh, made a, I made beer, just maybe, made but not cocktails. Old fashions with some uh, orange peel in it, like uh, really something fancy for my husband on a Sunday night. Our kids finally back in school. We are celebrating oh, a little bit. Somebody drinks an old fashioned. You just caught me at that. I, my parents, grandparents drink old fashions. Are they still They're made? very popular here in really? Oklahoma. Yeah, because everybody's least. 90. <laughs> Lord, you are just looking for a fight. <laughs> do do yeah, you put bitters in old fashioned? And what is bitters anyway? I so what I did. Okay, what is it called? Hey, Chad. <laughs> what goes in an old fashioned? I got. I got to tell you, I don't. I haven't heard that term in a long time. But yeah, I don't hang so, out at bars either. I would like to tell you what goes in an old fashioned, but I just bought a. You realize there's, there's company. There's auditors screaming at their. <laughs> Why? Well, they're they're screaming, going, "You don't know what goes in an old fashioned." Blah blah blah. <laughs> they're telling us what no, goes in an old fashioned. I know, but there's this thing that I bought, and I'm trying to find the the company name, and it's concentrated. There are bitters. Bitters. Yeah, it's sugar cube. Do you put the sugar cube? You're not listening to me. I'm, I'm reading the ingredients of a bit uh, old fashioned: sugar cube, bourbon, orange twist, and bitters. Are you done? I am done now. Yeah. Um. So there's this company that sells these, like, um. You put just like one third of a shot of it into a shot of your whiskey and a little bit of an orange peel. So it's actually not the little balls my parents used. The little No, so this is just a company that makes these like different things. Hold on, I gotta get this call. Somebody's calling me from LA. Hold on. Hello. Yep, then they hung up. (laughs) This is probably a fundraiser anyway. Your your auto uh, warranty ran out. You need to Renew it. My car warranty. I've been getting that one about ten times a day. Proof. Okay, so if you go to in there, but you have liquid now bitters. Go to proofsyrup.com, and there's all these different things that you buy and you put in it. And I got Chad one for his for Christmas, actually for his birthday, and a proof syrup, and it's a traditional one, and you put make an old fashioned with it. Oh, so you just add the bourbon, and and the syrup's already made with all the bitters and stuff. Yeah, I just had whiskey. I don't like bourbon. So, yeah, I exactly. And so I just have a little orange Maple peel. Maple bacon it. proof syrup. I don't have that one. But <laughs> this stuff is good, and it's made from bar- I think some Pumpkin bartenders. Pumpkin spice proof syrup. Of course there is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got the citrus sour to make, like, whiskey sours. And the citrus sour is good, but not as good as the just regular White old. peach proof syrup. That sounds good, actually. There's a pomegranate one now. I, there's I mean, a lot more I need to try. Huh. So but you, you just pretty put much add the, any liquor you want, right? Yeah, yeah, and they have different recipes and stuff like that. And so when I said I make an old fashioned, I didn't actually make it. I just put some whiskey and like a little dab of this stuff in it. And uh, it's expensive for one bottle until you realize like how many actual old fashions you would buy at a bar <laughs> for that amount. And uh, it makes yeah, it. The only old fashioned I've ever had was old fashioned iced teas. I've had the iced teas. Um a couple of those will knock you on your ass. There's, there's just, there's like three nice restaurants in Norman. They're all related and they all sell old fashions for $5. And so, so I was like, I'll have a $5 cocktail. That sounds good. <laughs> and then I was like, well, this actually tastes good. And so our love for the old fashioned. People accuse me of being old. <laughs> yeah, because you. you're like 112. You're old fashioned. You're old fashioned. I'm getting out of here. I'm moving. All right. Uh, I've now busted on libraries and old fashions. I'm in a mood today. 
You are. You are sassy. It's <laughs> bye, bye, everybody. I do have to talk to you. Hold on. Bye, everybody. Right, bye.